The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hello everyone, it's finished in Finland, done and dusted for the Grand Prix of Gravel for another season and the team is almost all here to pick up the pieces. I'm Lisa Rose Sullivan. The important Joining ones me... are here, Lisa, just to Exactly, exactly. The important ones are here. <laughs> Ooh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say that about Luke. Uh, oh no, sorry Fleet... Luke, I wasn't referring to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh dear. Anyway, Fleetfoot, if you can hear, that is uh, Dirtfish Senior Staff Writer David Evans. Hello David. Hello, Lisa. We've also got our former sporting director, team boss, analyst extraordinaire, Mr. George Donaldson. Hello, George. Thank you, Lisa. Once again, such a glowing, uh, a glowing tribute to to my my past uh, status and, and abilities. But this this week, I have gone my length and done a full analysis on as many of the incidents and actions as I can. And I have to say, the only thing I can say actually is, Finland should run two or three weekends in a row <laughs> yeah. just to give us the full flavour. Because one weekend ain't enough, David. No, it's we're going to come to that. Not. We're going to come to that. Not. I think Lisa, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, got, hang just on, got... Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Because I have to come clean with you, kind listener. Mm. This review of Rally Finland is actually review take two. <gasps> David, George and Colin lovingly recorded a super duper hour long extravaganza, but the gremlins were in town and made the recordings very hard to listen to. So we, we're doing it again. Uh, even though it's a well-earned day off for the voice of Rally. So Colin hasn't just sloped off. Um, we have actually given him the time off. But so good was that analysis, George and David. We we no, do have George. to just jump straight in, don't we? I do, I do think, just before we jump straight in, we've got to say, actually, I do apologise to Colt. I'm sure he will listen to this. Of course he will. Uh, his The voice deserves a break after the weekend. Uh, and the week, in fact, the week where we... We kick-started our carpool rallyoki, uh, where Colin, as you can go back and, and watch all five of them on uh, on Dirtfish's YouTube channel, he was sensational. Uh, he got in the car with uh, Kelly Robinbera, Takamoto Katsuta, Yarimati Latvala, Espeka Lappi and Elvin Evans, and sang and talked uh, until the cows came home. And it was great. So, Colt, we do miss you uh, a little bit. Uh, and we will um, enjoy Scotland. He's in Scotland with the children. Uh, so have a great time, great week, and thanks very wow. much for your efforts. Sorry, that was, was that heartfelt. Bit... That was heartfelt. It was. Like yeah, that. and I'll take yeah. all of that back, obviously. All of that. Take it back right now. But it's now, easy to good say it when he's not here, isn't it? Really. <laughs> yeah, it's well, much easy easier. to be nice to him when he's not here. <laughs> <laughs> he was, trust me now, but obviously talking just between us, he was very noisy at times in the week. Oh, my goodness. Uh, we, yeah. we were away for 10 days, 10 days with Colin Clark. I, I need to lie down. That's <laughs> a long time. No, well, it serves you right. Really you got to go to Finland, and George and I yeah. didn't. But the, the bonus oh, of that is that George did have to sit at his desk and get the pencil out and uh, the, the spreadsheet um, yeah. notes. What's what's your particular note taking yeah. technique, George? Because you have done uh, an absolutely comprehensive, you know, forensic well, I, I, analysis. I, I, I of have. Finland. I didn't take any notes. I just, I just uh, basically, I was looking at the the review videos. 
uh, which don't give you all the data that you get on the live feed. So I had to go back to the live feed to get some speeds and things like that. And and even gear settings, which unfortunately don't generally pop in right at the start of a stage. So I didn't get as much data for um, for young Mr. Um, Solberg's incident as I'd have liked to. Uh, and, and I mean, the the... the similar for the other ones as well. I, I would love to get more data, than, but the teams have got it. And I mean, basically, I've analysed it and I'm, I'm sure that, uh, you know, we've got some listeners and certainly I've seen some of the Twitter feeds and people have been doing the same as I've been doing and come to different conclusions as well, which was quite interesting. But I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, George, there's only one conclusion that really, truly counts and that's yours. Well, you're very kind. <laughs> you're very kind. Well, we jump, we'll jump straight in. Let's do it. Let's I'm, do it. I'm Let's get there. Sure. So, I mean, first of all, the first bit of analysis has to be uh, Ott Tanak. I mean, it's, you know, you're, I'm now just echoing what everyone else has said. What an amazing drive. Uh, in, in the pre-event pre podcast, none of us picked him for the top three, but I did mention in that pre-event podcast that they were testing in Finland and they would be desperately looking for performance. The conclusion of us all was that they probably wouldn't find it. I think I said you'd be surprised sometimes you can pull something out of the hat because I always have felt that the car wasn't that bad, David. I think you'll echo me, uh, uh, Lisa, I'm yep. sure you'll echo yep. me on that. I've, yeah, I've yeah, been defending absolutely. them. And I feel for the team because the, the, ultimately it's the team that we sort of feel. I feel, I mean, we're not doing any caning here at all ever. And and uh, I'm, I'm always trying to support them because I know what it's like to be in a team when you're having a tough time. And I, I do feel greatly for them. And, and nobody's more pleased than me that they found a little bit something that they could give Ott. I mean, it's quite interesting, the development. If, if I just go through what happened to him, in my view, which is probably slightly different. I mean, it's just a different opinion. That's all it is, is an opinion. But in my view, they've made some changes that they hoped would give some, some degree of comfort, stability, confidence to the drivers. And it obviously didn't quite do that. On the shakedown, Ott was despondent. And now... But there's been debate about whether that's him sandbagging or not. And I suspect I've got a feeling he might well have been sandbagging. You know, he was actually in a better position than he said he was. But let's assume that, you know, everything that came out of his mouth was absolutely verbatim. And, and nobody, nobody's going to uh, commend him more than me if he wasn't. If he, if he sandbagged, he did a great job. But, but let's, let's assume that what he said was true. What he did was he went out on the first stage first proper forest stage, probably a bit angry and disappointed and determined. And I thought, oh, I'm going to dig down here. And it would appear from the comments, and not the comments that necessarily so much he was making, but it was the comments, David, that, that, that I was listening to from you um, and, and, and Colin, uh, that he actually discovered that he could actually manage this, this knife edge. Mm. So the knife edge has changed. It's changed from you know, going over centre and falling off and not being sustainable to a point that he can sustain. And I was very much reminded of Tommy Mackinnon in the, the old Group A days with, the, with the, the Charisma, or what do they call it, Lancer Charisma, depending on who was driving it, had different mm. labels on it, but with its very, very odd um, uh, Sprag clutch, Tommy yes. could drive the crap out of that car and other drivers could drive it for a bit and then they would fail and, and, you know, they would have to reset and start again, but otherwise they would crash. Just just very, um, very quickly, George, I love the explanation. Uh, just go through a Sprag clutch to us, with us, because... Oh, a Sprag clutch. You know, so I think nobody actually understands just just how complicated uh, those those cars were to drive. Yeah, yeah, the, 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 the Group A, the, 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 their, their version of a World Rally car, they stayed Group A when everyone else went World Rally car for quite a long time. 
and they had what they call a sprag clutch gearbox. So basically, when there was no uh, need for power at the front wheel, when there was no demand for power at the front wheel, or when you lifted off the accelerator, basically the car became two-wheel drive. So when, so the, when the car wasn't breaking power, traction. That's correct. So what it did was it released a huge amount of power to just accelerate down a straight. So it was, it was actually a very, very powerful combination. So, I mean, it would basically lock up four-wheel drive. It would be locked four-wheel drive when you're under power, which is the fastest way to get traction. But then it would open up, and it would completely open up. So what that meant was if you lifted off power halfway through a corner, you would go two-wheel drive, and then you snatch the power back. There's a fraction of a second where your rear-wheel drive, and the car would snap out. Mm. And it was very, very difficult to manage. So you either had to left foot brake or as Tommy did, and Tommy did throughout his career, he would break once before the corner, he'd break another once just to, to get lined up. There'd be one last braking on occasion, and then he would power all the way through that corner, and he never lifted. If he did, the car would be upset, and you would lose traction and lose speed. If you're unlucky, it could be a lot worse. That obviously didn't happen to Tommy. He understood it very well. So, I mean, it, just, it, just, it was just to, to, to highlight that, um, that knife edge that yeah. we think that, uh, that Ott was driving. But he actually quite clearly found it manageable. And whilst let's not detract from the fact that he was very honest and he said, he said, no, I'm on the limit. I'm on the knife edge. I mean, I can't remember all the verbs he used to describe what was going on, but um, um, he, he absolutely was on the very, very limit mm. of, of what he felt he could sustain. But I did think I did get the feeling when you looked at him, his demeanor was becoming slightly more relaxed and he was managing what he was doing and just doing enough. But I, no I, more than enough. I think he was managing that risk so carefully. I think he was quite relaxed it, all the way through the event, and there was there's part of me that you know we saw him really struggle in Estonia. He tried it for the Friday morning, it didn't work, uh, and then he, he absolutely came back at it in Finland. And it reminded me, and I know that we hate taking uh, references from from any other sport or whatever, but it reminded me a lot talking to Oit last week. Uh, of when I watched, there was a great, great documentary about a New Zealand rugby player called Richie McCall, uh, one of the best captains oh, ever in world rugby, just a genius. And back row genius. Absolutely. And an amazing competitor. And I remember in, in this documentary about him called Chasing Great, he talked about when, when New Zealand lost to Australia one week in the, in the first week of a, of a series against the Aussies, the All Blacks lost. Um, and they talked to him about, you know, how did you feel? And he said, oh, mate, I was dirty all week. Uh, great New Zealand accent there. And he said, but Thank actually, you. he said, I just used it. And he said, it just sharpened the axe for this week. And I think there was an mm. element of that with, with Tanak that he lost in Estonia. So he knew he was never going to make that time back in Estonia. He had the 10-second penalty early on, on the first day. They were gone. Okay, yeah. right, you can take this one. You can have mine, but I'm coming for yours uh, when we get to Finland. And it felt as though it had raised his game. Um, and it just... You know this, George, don't you? That when you're, everybody's determined, everybody gives it 100%, but there's 100% and there's 100%. And Tanak had that going into, into Finland yeah. this week. He just, he, nothing, you know, was going to stop him. It was genuinely, as yeah. Julian and Grassi would say, it was trophy or trees. Um, and it, it did look every now and then as though it was heading for the trees. But, you know, he was the most deserving driver of, of the biggest trophy yeah. of the season. Yeah. I mean, to, to be honest, David, you know, I mean, I mean, we could see the stress and strain on his face, even on the last day, 
you know, looking at them on, on the, the, the yeah. facing camera where you can see their faces going through that rough section. Oh, it's horrible. The first and second horrible. last stage, you know, that was, yeah. the car was taking a beating and he was just terribly concerned about that. But, you know, that there's another testament to the team at that point. They have fixed the reliability. They've really managed to address it beautifully. No, they haven't, George. Properly. No, no. No, well, sorry, I can't agree okay. with that. I can't agree with that okay. because we know, uh, yeah, okay, a rough bit of of, of road in Ruimaki or something. Yeah, it was rough. Let's save that for 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 Greece. You know, that's yeah. the truth. Well, I mean, test. I say reliability, David. Some of the things that were happening, like gear shifts breaking yeah, and things yeah, like no, that. True. You know, they've they've obviously managed to to address quite a lot. And we're gonna we're gonna give the team a little bit something. I we know have. you're reluctant, but we're gonna give no, them no, a little no, bit absolutely, we have. But I think you know and, there is one big and, test left in the season, and that's Greece. Yep, absolutely. So, and uh, the next most incredible drive was was uh, Cali Rovenpera, and I mean. You know, I know Colin's point scoring for uh, for drivers' points is is very very different to the metric I would use. But Cali drove for me another ten. You know, he he quite clearly pushed it right out to the ragged edge. Had a couple of moments. Seemed to have a bit of a giggle about it on the in car stuff that we saw. But you know, that would have been a, a a little bit of a nervous giggle as well, thinking, okay, yeah, there's the limit, and I got away with that. Yeah, I better just pull back. He got a couple of warning shots, and he listened to them. There's a twenty one year old. Listening to that inner voice and that those outer demons telling him you're out here, boy. You take another bite of this one, and and we'll have you. And he and he pulled it back, and he he did what he needed to do. He maybe could have gone a little bit faster, but you know, the, he 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 was on the on the cusp of uh, of of paying a big penalty for it. And and those are just the ones that we saw. You know, mm-hmm. the, what about the, the ones we didn't see? Um, so the rest of the drivers, we could talk a lot about them, but those those two drives were just amazing. The other things we're going to talk about that, that's sort of interesting is all these dashed errors that we kept seeing. Yeah, you know, I, that's, I, that's a good talking point. Maybe it, maybe it's not the most interesting thing, but that's the thing I analyse. So I'm desperate to talk about it, David. Please I, let me tell everyone about it. I do have a theory uh, about that. Yep. That. We we made quite a lot out of the fact that that Tanak wasn't comfortable in 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 the car for obvious reasons because the car was right out there and he was pushing harder than anybody. Um, but also, there was not a single Toyota driver that was comfortable in the car. It was it was yeah. No, en- you made that point, David, and absolutely correct. Enlightening yeah. to to talk to everybody, and of course, you know mm-hmm. there was there wasn't really anybody in in an M Sport car that found comfort. But is nope. this symptomatic of the first season of a new generation of cars? If you go back to the start to 17, nobody was terribly mm-hmm. comfortable in those cars because the speed was much higher, the aero was much, much greater. It takes time. It takes a few Finlands um, to, to yeah. get used to it. And Finland is, is yeah. not typical. It's very, very different, even from Estonia. Um, it takes time. So, I, you know, I, I don't think it was terribly surprising to, to not see anybody, you know, as, as comfortable as they would like to have been in the cars. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, mm. perhaps it's a bit surprising that the Toyota guys weren't maybe as as comfortable or as able to yeah, absolutely push. But then that, you, you, I would you, agree you look with at that. the way they're you look at the way they're driving, and uh, you know, I I think I felt I saw a lot of overdriving this weekend, and 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 I, you know, whatever you you term as overdriving, drivers ragged and not smooth, and a lot of movement on the wheel. Um, that you might sometimes not expect to see in Finland. I was a bit surprised about it. Echoing your point that these cars are early in their development, perhaps, David, they have changed as well. You know, they've not got so much suspension travel. 
that can affect things as well. A bit less aero. So, I, I think you're right, George. I think yeah. it, it, you're absolutely right. That it was surprising that the, the the Toyota drivers couldn't get more comfortable. It's up for debate how long they have spent in the car. Uh, talking to Tom mm -hmm. Fowler, he said, you know, we haven't had, we had a very long winter. So, yeah, okay, we could do some Sweden testing on there. And we're, obviously we're mm -hmm. talking about their permanent test site, which is around Evascular. Um, so they, yeah. therefore they're allowed to be on those roads 24-7 if they want to be. I think the issues has been in car build time. They haven't had time to, to spend as much time as they would like. That said, they have spent a lot more time than anybody else. Hyundai's base, obviously, is just down the road in Yamsa now. We know for 100% sure that they haven't spent as long as they would like, simply because they mm. haven't been able to get parts. You know, there was lots of speculation at the weekend that they couldn't, for, uh, for Oliver Solberg's Estonia test, they couldn't get front bumpers ready. Therefore, he yep. couldn't do a test there because what's the point of testing when you haven't got the, the relative aero um, for the car? So, yeah, you, you've made a very, very good point. And Toyota should have been the ones, the Toyota drivers should have been yeah, the ones that were the most up to speed. But are they, are they the ones that are more frustrated as a result? You talk about the overdriving there, George. Mm. Is that a sense of frustration that they're not further forward? I, I, didn't, see, I didn't see frustration. There, there's a lack of understanding. You know, the, I think the, the, all the drivers singularly, except maybe... Except maybe um, uh, uh, Esapeka, uh, all, all the drivers seemed a little bit surprised that they weren't getting out of the, uh, they weren't getting to the place they wanted to get to on it. Now, Cali Rovenpera obviously first on the road, and what did he lose? He lost just just short of twenty seconds mm. to Oitanak on the first day, um, uh, so he had twenty seconds to grab back, and it would have been a brave man even at that point that would have put money on him. Uh, not catching Oit Tanak, you know, did Oit have anything yeah. left in the tank? Well, all, all indications were he, he hadn't. Uh, no. But I suspect that, you know, the, the team had made a decent enough step with the car that they could actually perhaps leverage a little bit more out of it because everybody would have been trying throughout the event to get more and more out of their car. The, 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 the adjustments, the fine adjustments, the driver tuning, not necessarily the, anything major, but the driver tuning would have been happening, you know, constantly throughout the rally. As, but, as, you know, as, he, he couldn't catch it. He, as, he tried, but he couldn't. As well as that, I think, you know, that one of the kind of pivotal points of the event was we got through Friday. And as you said, that, you know, there was there was that difficulty for it, it difficulty ish for Calais running first on the road. Um, but then to look through the. the oh, David, the don't underestimate that. Well, in fairness, George, I, I have to because talking to, talking to Marcus Grunholm, of all people, he was saying, I, you know, I just I don't, don't really understand all of this talk of road cleaning. He said, you know, I, I've won this rally from three days on the, on the front. <laughs> I couldn't remember a time when he'd won it from three days at the front. But, you know, and, and, and former drivers can be pretty canny at, at playing these things down. But there is, there's a science behind it, George, isn't there? Because we know that Finland doesn't have many junctions. And it is those yeah. junctions where he's slowing the car down and speeding up out of them yeah. that you're losing traction. But for me, yeah. the, the the kind of key um, areas where they they found where Tanak really kind of actually cemented his his win here was perhaps Saturday afternoon in in places well, like it was. Uh, yeah. like Patiocchi or somewhere like that where he was mm -hmm. he was able to make the time in the rougher sections mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. of the stages. But and the one thing we know yeah. historically from the Hyundai is that it's probably at its best uh, on a second pass where the, where the, where the conditions are a little bit more, mm -hmm. there's a bit more grip in the road and something for them to cling on to. Um, and yeah. that's that, I think that was what surprised 
Tanak Saturday afternoon, he was kind of like, right, this is it. I'm expecting Calais to come by. And he, in fact, he said that, you know, that he did expect Calais to come past on Saturday. But then he got to that point, and that's where you get a driver that's got a championship in his sights. He then needs to decide, because it's one thing going flat chat down a road in top gear, a nice smooth road. But when you're coming into a rutted section and the ruts are throwing the car up and out, it's the, the most horrible feeling, isn't it, George, when you're chucked out of the ruts and you lose control of the car. You know, passenger briefly. Yeah, you, well, you're certainly getting kicked around. You, I don't think if you lost control of the car, it would be gone instantly. So you certainly, mm. it's not doing what you desire. I know what you mean. You're, you're not the master of, of, of the, the exact position of the car in mm. those ruts categorically. And, and that's yeah. where, that's for me, where Callie would say, okay, mm-hmm. enough. I, you know, I've, I've given it a go and and now yeah. i'm not exactly where i want to be so let's not you know yeah. let's be sensible yeah, i could i could i could buy into that but anyway i'm still going to give both those drivers 10 out of 10 in on the george scale Absolutely. of fabulousness yeah <laughs> <laughs> because i think they they, they gave us a great yeah. show and they kept they kept each other Definitely. totally honest throughout and they were you know it, it was a game of brinksmanship and it was mm-hmm. brinksmanship right out there on the limit as Cali exactly. demonstrated and that's exactly times. the right word george brinksmanship yeah. that's exactly and, what and, it was and, from and, and also, you know, whilst whilst we weren't seeing that same level of drama visibly outside the car with Ott, his face and his comments at the end gave us exactly that drama. So it was the same mm-hmm. for the pair of them. Yeah. yeah. But a great look, a great job from them both. And, uh, uh, you know, Ott, uh, just another incredible performance. For him. I've given him a, a, you know, a lifetime best performance already this year. I think mm-hmm. he's I think he's just exceeded that. Um because this was this was this was truly unarguably wonderful. Anyway, yeah. moving on, moving on oh. to those that didn't do quite so well. Are we allowed to do that at this point, Lisa? I think we can, unless David wants to intervene. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, we, we've, we've so, done the we've done the good list, so we're now we're on Santa's yeah, we could, naughty we list. We could talk about we could talk about everyone in the middle and what 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 they did and what went wrong, but that would be a long and and and. Uh, 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 tedious is the word discussion. you're looking for. Tedious. That's, no, no, I didn't want to say really tedious because it's kind of you're kind of almost dissing those poor guys, saying That's that true. it would be That's tedious true. to discuss them. True. I don't yeah. want to do that. No. Mm. Uh, uh, but but so let let's look at who had problems. So young young Oliver Solberg. I mean, who didn't feel sorry for him? Mm. Let's have a look at it properly. So yours truly delved into the the footage. His line on that first corner appeared to be exactly the same as Oitanax. It was very similar, and I did actually take notes, Lisa. Um, it was Good. very similar to Elfin Evans, very similar to Thierry Neuville, and very similar to Craig Breen. Other people took one or two bites at the corner, oddly enough, with a big stab of the left foot. It would appear that right on the entry of the corner, where there appears to be a clean line, you obviously went in there, and there, there was a fright to be had in there. That's what I managed to gather from it. But basically... When the car, when he when he threw the car in and it went sideways and it went sideways and it locked its position, it, it you know it, it 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 you might have said it snapped out. It didn't snap out and spin. It just went out sideways. As far as I can tell, and and I could get a good the camera in the same place. It's a forward-looking camera. I believe they're all pretty well in the same place uh, in front of the the, the co-driver. Um, the 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 angle of the car I could tell against the the the, the line of the trees and the position of the front of the car. At the entry of the corner, there was no difference between Ott and 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 Ollie. Really, there there wasn't. Um, the the difference was that Ott goes in there and just nails it in third gear, and Ollie seems to lift. And then 
the, the power kind of goes up and down a little bit, but he never slams it down. He never nails it. And there was a, sus- a suspicion that he might have gone into fourth gear at the same time, which maybe contributed to his indecision. Um, uh, uh, but it would appear, it would appear, and I'm saying this because I, I hate to, I hate to, because this, this is a, this is a horrible thing to be analysing out for, for someone else, really. We, I, I don't think we should be doing it, but it is sort of interesting to do it on a personal basis, so we're sharing here. But he would, he would just appear to have, you know, he's gone into that stage, he does not want to take any risks, but that's an absolutely flat left first corner. But it's a flat left with a, with a very distinctive line on it. You, you know, like any flat left, if you get it wrong, you get it wrong. And I think he just thought, um, uh, you know, as he entered it, he maybe thought, oh, no, maybe don't push so much. And at the point he he made that decision, the road was slippy and you had to power through it. Otherwise, you weren't getting traction. You would just slide out. And I think that's just what happened to him. And by the time he, he, he never seemed to do much of a recovery after that. You could hear the throttle trying a little bit. So I think he probably did not give up. He kept trying. It doesn't look like it from looking forwards, but if you listen carefully, there's something going on there. Um, there was no foot cam on, on his car, sadly, for that first, uh, well, for that loop. Um, so you couldn't see what he was doing on the throttle, but you could hear what was happening. And um, yeah. by the time he's decided that, he's out on the loose and he is a passenger at that point. So it was just a split second. And I think it was probably because he was being careful. If he'd actually been carefree and just gone for it, he would have just, he would never have thought about lifting. And I think it's just because it was early in the stage and he was, you know, I'm not going to make a mistake. I want to get mm. into this, you know, and push. So he took the speed in because he knew the corner was good for it. Because he was being cautious and, and he got that initial fright, maybe thinking about fourth gear, lifted off for a second and the damage was done. He it was is, just a passenger it, it is fascinating out. how caution Everyone actually changes the, the way everybody drives, down. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it absolutely is. I think it was just, it was, it was a... I mean, ultimately, I think it was a driver mistake, but not a driver mistake driven by carelessness or or stupidity. Or de- I think no, it was just one of those circumstances. De- yeah, I mean, he, he was determined to, you know, he was going to he was going to show well, but he wasn't going to be stupid. And I think mm. somehow he put himself into a place where just it all came together in exactly the wrong place for him, and that's what took him out. Yeah, yeah I haven't no. been horrible to him. No, I, I think I, genuinely, I, I think that's kind of what happened. And, and I've looked at that video. I, I've looked at all across around that corner fifteen times. I've looked at Ollie round it twenty. I've revisited it four times to make sure I'm not just talking total crap. No, uh, I, when, I, I, when I read when I read that somebody had thought he was in fourth gear. Well, I counted the gears up on the entry to the corner. He's in third gear, and then then the revs drop because it, you know the car goes out sideways and he doesn't power in. And there's a suspicion maybe somewhere in there that he. You know, maybe five meters later, did he go into fourth? I didn't. I couldn't really detect it, hundred percent. No, I think that's. It just lifted off. Great, it's great, great analysis, George, and it Mm. it was just tremendously unfortunate for him. Uh, Oh, it really wasn't tragic. And 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 now you know it's. We need to see. You know, how do you bounce back from these 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 trials and tribulations? Can be the foundations for for an absolute rock star. I think you know one of the. One of the difficult things is that we've made an awful lot of this and, and globally the media has made a lot of this that, you know, you can't avoid the fact that Kelly Rovenpera is there pretty much bang on the nose, 12 months older than him. Uh, and look where yep. Kelly's any kind of, of, uh, of comparison between the two is, is enormously unfair in my eyes. They it are is. in it very, is. very, very different teams, different cars. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and I'm I'm sure people could say at this point, you know, well, why was he going so fast into that corner? 
that was an incredibly fast, fast quite long corner, yeah. which led into another fairly quick corner. Mm. If you know, and and you, you can't, you know, if if he'd been careful into that corner, he would have hemorrhaged a couple of seconds potentially yeah. over the next over the next five or six hundred meters. So he mm. wasn't being careless or anything. I think he just got caught in that place where he was trying. He was obviously trying to nail it cleanly, mm. properly, but not take the big chances. And 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 I tell you, for all, all goes into that corner. The car goes out sideways, definitely more sideways than he wants to go, but he just nails it, and the car just stays solid and holds its line. Mm. Ollie starts at exactly the same place, but just when he lifts off, you can see the car takes five or six metres, and it starts to work its way out. Well, you, you hear something going on. Does he grab another gear? Is the throttle pressed lightly? But it certainly wasn't, it wasn't full throttle in the same way that we heard it, at least we heard it on Ott's car. And, you know, that goes for Elf, and that goes for... Thierry, that goes for Breen. Every other driver kind of had a slightly different approach to it, but um, they all were bang full on the power, and I think they all got a little bit of slipperiness in there on that corner somewhere. And you can see the gravel, and you can see the clean, and it seemed to lose traction on the clean bit, which was probably a surprise. But, Mm. you know, there it is. And there was nothing in the corner, George. You know, like you say, it was probably a a double apex left-hander, but there was no ruts, there was nothing. And in in Oliver's own words, you know, it it was a nothing corner. Uh, absolutely, absolutely nothing and yeah, yeah. it i mean the thing like you said there the, the difference is is tanek is a is a driver on an absolute ultimate charge uh and the yeah. minute and that he's got cross, the experience david the experience yeah, he, experience exactly. experience yeah. i know that yeah. people are moving away from that because of cali saying oh you don't need experience just look at the video as well uh, yeah nonsense we'll, we'll, we'll come totally. we'll come to that later we'll come to but that you know, later ca- ca- yeah Kelly's. i'm when, sorry i just I'm, jump in I'm jump really, in david I really struggle with anybody who talks about Calais as an inexperienced driver. Listen to <laughs> yeah. Sebastian Ogier. You know, the guy has been driving for 10 years. Cole, when Cole was doing his, his rally-oki thing with him, um, in, in some of Colin's research, and I did say Colin's research, he actually did some homework for these. Uh, he looked Good back and, 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 and he said, you know, Calais' first entry on the magnificent sister site of EWRCresults.com is 2011. 2011 yeah. so that's you know we're into his 11th year uh of, of competition it, yeah you know this is not a, a new guy on the scene yes it's a new guy talking to tommy mackin we had a we had a coffee with tommy at the weekend and talking about when when cali was testing their their toyota yaris in 2016 as a 16 year old driver he was doing endurance running in the initial toyota yaris world rally car mm-hmm. sorry that's, yeah, he's been that. in these yeah. cars a, a, a long, long time. Uh, so, yeah, there is no doubt that Kelly Rovenpera has has vast amounts of experience. Okay. And I've, I've so, ba- sorry, I banged on about that for so long. Mm-hmm. I've forgotten why we actually raised that point. <laughs> well, we're, we're talking about it in relation to the comparisons for for young Oliver and, and, yeah. and uh, you know his his potential lack of experience and and you know his mistake at the weekend in Finland. I think was just but, down to. Just a little bit of experience, and it's a learning process, an expensive one, but they do yeah. happen from time to time. And anybody, the, the, anybody, anybody that genuinely questions Oliver Solberg's ability behind the wheel, go and watch him driving that yeah. rallycross car in Sweden and winning a World RX round and losing because his car's overweight. Go actually and and watch him, watch him. And I'm not, you know, Oliver's defender here, but I am an appreciator of genuine genuine talent go and watch him in in america yep. when he was 17 years old driving a big heavy open class subaru with 400 horsepower and a bunch of aero 
watch him. First time ever. Never been in those roads before. Sorry. You know, the boy has got talent. He has. He absolutely has. And it's Hey Luke David, it's all it's all a question of degrees. That that last little bit. Some some drivers have it and finally get all the brakes. Mm. You know, we've got a we've got a whole raft of young drivers in the championship at the moment. I was looking at them at the weekend. I I followed a lot of their footage, obviously, individually Mm. and between some of the stages. I was very anoraki this weekend. I was in full anorak, rally anorak mode, guys. Great. Um, and, and I'm looking at them thinking, you know, well, you know, where are you going to, guys? You know, you still see growth. It just comes in little steps. And then mm. all of a sudden, people can make the step. People forget that uh, Henry Toivonen. Henry Toivonen was one of those guys that was middle of the field for years and years and years. And then all of a sudden came fast. Yeah. He had an yeah, epiphany that's... somewhere. And, and it, it, it became unstoppable. That That... That didn't happen overnight. It took years, but basically publicly it appeared to happen overnight. All of a sudden he won RAC rally from nowhere. You know, he would have been doing the Scottish rally and finishing ninth or 10th mm-hmm. in, a, in a group, a group uh, four or a group B car as it was at the time. I think there were group four still at that time. Talbot Sunbeam or uh, he, was in a, he was in an escort, a group B escort. Um, yeah. You know, that, that's, that's what it was true. like. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so, uh, so you know those those young guys. You know, and I'm talking about uh, I'm talking about Gus Greensmith, um, um, uh, Mr. Lube, uh, Formo, you know, Adrian. You know, all these guys. You know, the, 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 you shoot up and then you plateau for a bit. You gather that experience and slowly, 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 little steps. And then sometimes it can come quickly. Sometimes it it comes slowly. But but you do get there. Um, it's just a question of having the opportunity. Have you got the time? Have you got the opportunity? And if you haven't, if you haven't got one of those two things, you will fall away. And we're we're looking at WRC two. A lot of those guys that have made it that far couldn't sustain it financially, I guess, or the opportunity disappeared, and they've moved back a rung. Where do they go from there? Does does motorsport forget them? Well, they're still fabulous drivers. Mm. Anyway, that's another philosophical philosophical story. I want to get through all these other incidents I've viewed. Okay. I'd like to move on. Yeah. What's next on your list? Okay, well, uh, the, the chronological order, Craig Breen. So interesting team orders for this one. You know, Craig, gloves off, go for it. He's the, on, on paper, he's the only driver they've got that's going to be able to challenge for that sort of, you know, podium or top five uh, position on the rally. You know, in, in general terms, on a very competitive Finland, he's the only guy that's going to have the pace. And, and he was, he was challenging well, I thought, um, for the most part. Uh, stage 12. Uh, first, first run through that stage on Saturday, he um, he made a tiny wee error. Now, if you go and look at stage twelve, I think it's uh, I think it's about four and a half minutes in, or is it seven and a half minutes in? I can't quite remember where it where it was. I think it's maybe seven and a half. Yeah, it's near nearer to nearer the middle to the end of a a longer stage, but uh, the section that he goes off in is the most unbelievable. Proper roller coaster section, like fifty mm. meters between big dips and jumps, where the car's going light. The car's about three or four corners before the, the the accident. The cars are going into a dip. They're coming out of the dip. They're already in the air before they get halfway up the 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 the, the crest. They go across that crest all the way in the air, and you can hear the car landing as it hits the dip on the other side, where they get a few seconds of traction take a slightly different line and go over the next one. And it's downhill all the way, downhill, downhill, downhill. It's raining. Craig was on exactly the same seconds, because that's the one metric I can keep when I look at the in-cars, I can see the stage time. Yeah. Um, 
he was on exactly the same pace as Oik Tanak in there. Oh. And he came up, he, he basically, uh, you come around, it's the one little faster corner. So you come out of a, a right-hander over a crest into about 60, 70 metre flat right, so absolute right section with a rock face on the inside. They come over, they, they, they're basically in the air and they graze this bank on the right, which looks like a rock face with, with, with some greenery lying over it. You can't quite tell what it is because it all flashes past so quickly, but that's what it looks like. It looks, it looks horribly dangerous and you're so close to it. Yeah. You've then got that, that right-hander just continues very slightly under braking, and there is a braking section there where you brake and, and you, you then go into a left-hander, which is over a crest, and then the road narrows. It's a wider bit, and then it narrows down from the right, and there's a bank, and that's what that bank on the exit is what took, is what took Craig out. And basically, he was probably one or two kph too fast into that left-hander because every other driver on that first pass that I looked at, <laughs> from the in-car footage, it looked like they were going to do exactly the same as Craig. But you can actually see that through that corner, I think they all just braked a fraction longer than 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 uh, Craig did, and, and just kept the nose tucked in under braking for a fraction longer. Craig was on the power a little bit earlier, and you know carried that speed over the crest. And unfortunately, as could because again, you know, even before you get to the corner over the crest, the car's going light, so you had to yeah. brake, get the nose in, get the power on, get the get, get that corner turned. Before you were even at it, before you even got to it, because going over that crest, you weren't going to be able to alter where you were going because mm. your car was so light. It was in the air, basically. And I think we saw some external footage that basically showed the car was pretty well in the air. There was some fan footage of it. So yeah. Again, he, was, I mean, he was just a few inches wide. Very, very unlucky. But the hardest such, thing for me of all was the team, the team broke faith with him a little bit, didn't they? I heard, I heard an odd interview where it suggested that, you know, why did you make that mistake? Well, he was out there doing the same pace as Oik Tanak on one of the fastest rallies we've had in years. You, you've asked your driver to go for it. Um, you've, you've got to share the risk. You've got to say, well, look, he was doing his best for us and just it happens. I, I, I don't know. What did you think of that, David? Were I you a agree. bit shocked to hear I, that? I, I agree. I could see it from both sides. But you, know, you do take the, the shackles off the driver, then you have to let them go. Um, and you got to back them. Crucially, you've you've got to back them. And Rich Richard Milner, the team principal at M Sport, said, you know, personally, his his feeling was that 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 Craig should should just get on with it, drive the car and and feel free and just do what he can with it. And he and he did that. And Richard's a clever guy. Richard's a very clever guy. He understands this. And yeah, but I I was. And you know, he's justified his his comments on. You can read the story on Dirtfish.com now. It, it's a very, very difficult position for the entire team. They they desperately, is, badly need a they need a result. They've got Craig Breen for two years. I it's our it's our job to comment and to to pass comment and to judge drivers as as we progress through the season. Let's give the guy a go. Let's let's just let's just let him go and and see what he can do for the rest for the rest of his his contract because for sure. He's learning, you know. He's never done a full yep. season in yeah. the car in a in a in a yep. team before. Let's come back to him this time next year. It's so difficult because there's massive investment from M Sport and from Ford well, and huge, from the partners huge. into into this program. 
but you've got to give these drivers room to breathe. Um, mm. And unfortunately, I mean, there the, the really isn't. You know, with <laughs> you look back, say, 10, 20 years, you know, the onset of social media has a huge amount to answer for. Uh, you're not as a driver you're not going to make the slightest mistake uh, without being seen and it's not just social media mm. it's the telemetry the the data that we, we're getting yeah. from the car uh, there is there is nowhere to hide now absolutely nowhere to hide and i'm not saying that craig needs to hide but you know at times if were he doing this 20 years ago there wouldn't be quite so much public analysis of every single meter that the guy's driving and we see this across the board we see it in formula one we see it in every aspect every walk of life um and ultimately he's a professional driver he's got to be big enough to take this one on the chin he knows better than anybody that he needs to go out and he needs to win epa it's very straightforward do that all of this all of the problems all of this is forgotten uh and and yeah. i absolutely believe that craig has what it takes to win epa he's done it you know he's done it there he knows the rally and Nothing would give us greater pleasure mm -hmm. uh, than to report yeah. on a Craig Breen win. Yeah, it's but again. It was in, it, it was interesting, David. You know, you're talking Eper there and what Eper needs. You know, it's it's that incredibly clean driving. It, it's a, it's a phenomenally clean driving. Mm. I mean, you if you if you went out with a with a radar gun, you would find that the winning driver is incredibly slow at certain points in the rally. But yeah. when you if you did if you did uh, average speeds over sections. Uh, like the visible sections, you you could take an average speed from the point that the car comes into view to the to the point ten meters or five meters before the corner. Mm. You can then do another another split time from that point to the the apex at the exit of the corner. You know where the cars are starting to open out, and then you do another uh, sp uh, split point from that point to the to to the when the car goes out of sight. You can get three bites at that cherry if you're sharp enough. Yeah, you need you need a couple of people to do it, but you can also do a speed gun at those at those three points or those two points specifically on the entry to the corner and the exit. And I've done that. I've done that when we had um, in Ypres, and and the the point being was that Freddie Loix was coming into an entry of a corner was sometimes thirty forty kph slower than Armin Schwartz, mm. and but his exit speed yeah. would be. 15 or 20 kph sometimes just 10 kph faster than 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 armin schwartz you know just as you, as you were departing the corner freddie would be 10 kph faster but freddie would be 10 kph faster than him all the way up to top speed yeah which was probably three or four hundred yards down the road where your next breaking point is so he's been 10 kph faster for say 300 meters under the breaking point the breaking point's only 50 or 60 meters long so uh, yeah, of course, if if you if you'd actually made a split fifty meters to to the centre of the corner, undoubtedly Armin was was massively quicker. Mm -hmm. But he and but that 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 won you a few uh, like fifty milliseconds, you know, a, te a twentieth of a second. But Freddie was winning half a second on the next straight, and he did it every single corner. And what's Eper made up of? I mean, a, a single stage will have dozens and dozens and dozens of junctions and square corners. Yeah. I've just talked myself into 15, 20 seconds, if I get that right. Yeah. Now, to relate that to what we saw in Finland, when I was looking at Craig, and I, and, and I like Craig, and I thought, well, I'll, I'll just go the mile here for the analysis. And I watched him through various stages. That, that wet one in particular, where, where he went off, he was, he was incredible through there. So then, I <laughs> then you get hypercritical, and I apologise to all the listeners for, 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 for being such an anorak. So I'm looking at it thinking, <laughs> how, how, could, you know, how could he be faster? 
Now, Craig in the, the, the high-speed places is peerless. You know, there's nobody. There's no, I mean, I've seen video of Craig in the fast places. You know, nobody can be quicker than him. But So where's he losing out? Why is he not, like, beating everyone or right there the whole time? And I looked at it, and then I did some comparisons in the slightly slower places. And you know where I think he's losing out in the slower places? If you, if you look at it now, again, I am looking at a narrow metric, and I know it's not the whole picture, so... I'm not saying this is definitive. I, I know, and people listening, I hope understand. That I'm never judgmental or definitive with these. I'm only looking at what I can see. But from what I can see, the only place I could see that that uh, Craig could could win is in the slow places. He was he was pushing like hell, and you know, I I couldn't say definitively if that was the fastest we threw the corner. If you'd been slightly cleaner, you'd been quicker because I, I have no way to measure that. It looked like it when I measured it against other drivers, but that's not the same. That's not the same thing. But um, uh, you know, when you're looking for things, you've got to, you've got to look for that type of option, and and we know we know in Eper that patient, clever, unbelievably analytical approach to understanding. It's it's a racing technique. You know, go and speak mm. to a racing driver. Go and speak to a racing driver. He'll get it for you every time. Go and speak to Freddie Loikes. He's around. Freddie yeah. will tell you. Freddie will tell you what the score is. He's he's a humble guy, and he, and he'll share. And I mean, like I've I've watched the guy; he was magic. I mean, from that point of view, M Sport. If if you you know, put Fred, take a punt on Freddie there. I tell you what, I don't think he'll disappoint. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. You we've know, jumped odd, we jumped ahead briefly there to to a bit of pre. Sorry, was just, it, that was just no, that great. was just for the that was just for the analysis of Craig. So Craig did a great job, and look, he was on the pace. He didn't crash when he was off the pace. He did well. It wasn't a crash. He just took a wheel off. That's just a that's just a. That's a graze. He just grazed the damn thing. Mm. You know, he didn't fling the car off the road. He just took a wheel off at an unfortunate point. Uh, but but uh, the, the bottom line is he was on the pace. He did that when he was on the pace and pushing, you know, and he was still, you know, he still had a lot to win if he could have, he could have, if he'd maintained that pace. You imagine if he'd actually maintained that pace, he'd have probably got himself up to third overall. It's That's exactly so, you know, like so my German exam, of... George. Um, my German yeah. exam, I got punished for making mistakes, not for getting yeah. things right and oh, being, trying to be a clever Lisa. dick, you see. So. Shush now, Lisa. <laughs> yeah. Stop it now. You're, being, you're taking the mick out of me now. No, Sorry. it's true. That, 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 that's how the exams are marked. You, you know, you, 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 you yeah. can be brilliant, but then try and be extra clever, make a couple of mistakes, and you're yeah. smacked right down, you know. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. You, you wouldn't do to, be, to show a, clever, a teacher how clever you are because they want to be much cleverer than you always, don't they? Is that, not the, is that not the makeup Steady of the teacher? Now. Sorry, teachers. Sorry, teachers. I'm just having a dig. You can tell I wasn't an academic. So, on to number three. On to number three. How long's the list, by the, the way? I'm just checking this, the time. This is it. Number three, that's it. That's Brilliant. it, Lisa. Okay, cool. It stops at that. So, um, I, run out, I run out of puff at this point. So, <laughs> it's a peck lappy. So, um, I mean, I always look at this from the point of view of a team manager. And then I also look at it as the point of view of a driver after that. because. I've always been great friends with a great number of drivers, not all of them, but a great friend with a great number of drivers. And I've always been a friend of every single co-driver I've ever worked with. Uh, even even the not so nice ones, I've still been big mates with them. Come on, spell. Um, Who are the not so nice no, ones? No, no, there's not many uh, of them. There's only one or two. That, they're, they're, they were just a little bit more difficult, but um, um, the Favourite co-driver, favourite co-driver. Come on, George, favourite co-driver. Favourite co-driver. It's, it's impossible to say. Denny Girardet, I mean, look, surely. Denny Girardet is an incredibly close friend and a fabulous co-driver that's done the most amazing things. Yeah. But look, you know, 
they've all been great to work with. I mean, I, I worked for a short period with with another very good friend, Robert Reed. Mm. Um, obviously, I've uh, I've I've worked with. What, what's know, happened to him now? Where did he get to? Hey, eh? Robert, oh, Robert Reed. Reed. I, I think he's I think he's <laughs> still lightly involved in motorsport somewhere. Okay, he's the vice president of FIA. Stop it! <laughs> Stop it! He's he's at the he's he's very close to the extreme zenith of the sport at this point. He is, and. And we are we are booked up to have a cup of coffee when I can actually get away from my desk at uh, at lunchtime and get down to Edinburgh to have that coffee with him at some point. It will happen when he's there. Um, however, uh, yeah, we digress. Uh, Esa Pekalapi, um, <laughs> uh, team's point of view, driver's point of view. I mean, such an unbelievably likable, uh, pleasant guy, and and you know, honest uh, to to a fault, absolutely mm. to a fault. But he reckons he reckons he changed his notes in between the first and the second run. So sorry for sorry for US Apeka. I, I I looked to see if that's what you did, and you know I don't speak Finnish, so it was difficult to see. Um, but I, I detected there probably was a slight note difference, but I couldn't be sure. Need a Finn to check that out for us and tweet us out whether whether he did or not. And and why should I be checking? Why should I be so cheeky as to check? Well, the reason I wanted to be so cheeky as to check was because I really couldn't understand what you did wrong. Basically, you came into the corner and it looks like, again, it looks like you missed your braking. Yeah. And he was then a passenger through the corner. He never put the power on. He never tried to get back on line. He just stayed on the brakes, cars, the car pointing down the road, but sliding into the corner and then sliding off over the road and got tripped up on the ruts. Going out over the edge of that road was never going to be the fastest way. Not one single other driver tried that tack at all. And, or nor would they have imagined to because of that step and because it was a field and because you'd have to get back on the road and it's acceleration point, the traction is on the road, not on the grass field. There was no gain to it at all. I think he just missed his braking a little bit. In all honesty, it looked like a concentration thing. I think he just lost concentration a little bit, just missed his braking point. Or maybe he thought he could, maybe, maybe if he's, as he said, he changed his note in, in all honesty because he thought he could get a bit more speed into it. On the way into that corner, he's doubted his new note and he's lifted off. And again, he's just been left, oh shit, what have I done? All he had to do was straighten the car out, go out over the field that he ended up in anyway and come back onto the road. So it looked to me like normally rally drivers will recover and, and attempt to recover. He doesn't attempt to recover from it. So I think it was a concentration thing, you know, maybe, maybe caused by him changing the note, thinking he could come faster, thinking better of it, going into check ready mode and not managing to recover somehow. It was as simple as that. And again, I watched it. I must have watched it 20 times to try and figure out exactly what happened and what he was doing. But he comes off the power and that's it. And, I, you know, the, 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 um, there is pedal footage available for him and he, he does seem to try and get back on the power. But again, maybe, maybe, and this is, this is the mitigating fact, maybe he was thinking as he came through there, he could come through a gear higher. So just open out the corner very slightly, come through a gear higher. Um, and 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 then not have to change gear going down the street, which is a you know obviously a speed advantage, traction advantage, and it would be huge. Well, there was no need for him to be behaving like that, so he's checking his notes for the next year. Good move. I'll, I'll buy into that as a as a concept. Uh, but um, and that put him into a position where, as he slowed down, he didn't manage to come down the gearbox to get the power to give himself the option to do something. So you know maybe it was that. I, 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 you can't damn him one way or the other. But it did give us the most Fabulous event. I mean, 
all power to his elbow. I mean, he, he gave us a he gave us a fabulous bit of last minute drama as if we needed more. Uh, a great recovery, a, a fantastic repair. And uh, he was properly focused after that anyway, wasn't he? <laughs> Particularly <laughs> when the roof blew off. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've not watched that bit of footage on the following stage yet. It's very, very entertaining. Uh, I haven't seen see that, that yet actually. either. No, you can it, go on to you can go on to the the onboards and and capture that. I'm very familiar <laughs> with them now. So yes. I've not I've not actually. It's the one thing I haven't looked at yet. So one thing we should say uh, is a massive thank you to WRC Promoter for providing the brilliant all live service so that we could yeah. use all of that. Uh, and you know, often yeah. George, it it takes a weekend like this. You know, and and I've done this. You know, and I I missed I missed Finland last year because of COVID and and the autumn one um, and just. Mm. Sometimes when you're in the middle of an event and you're on the event, uh, it, it is great because you're there, you're in the heart of it. But when you're away from it and you have the opportunity to just sit back and look at what, uh, what WRC Promoter does uh, to, just to bring us every stage live from all of the angles, yeah. it, it is a phenomenal effort. It's, more, it's something that we're, we're hoping to, um, to bring our readers and watchers some insight into what they do because you know, it's a military operation. Uh, involving hundreds of miles of cables, helicopters, aeroplanes, loads of people, and just remarkable logistics. Um, so we are talking to to WRC promoter, and we will bring some insight into into exactly how they do it because it's an aspect of the sport that I don't think we we appreciate fully uh, as a sport. Uh, I know we pay for it. I know it costs money, uh, but for me, it, it is massively worthwhile. And yes. There are every now and then there are some technical issues, but for goodness sake, <laughs> look where we are. It's a, you do you know? remember it's how pretty, excited we got big, when we had things like exercise. Puddle Cam that, that appeared for <laughs> yeah. the first time? And, and when we first got on boards and, you know, a day later or, you know, when the, when the program came out, you oh, my God, I can see what's yeah. happening in the car. This is yeah. incredible. We are so far beyond all that now with the drone shots and the... Mm. I mean, yeah. it, if, if you actually just managed to run the car engine a bit, which I yeah. do not advocate to anybody, <laughs> but if you had the smell of the fumes and threw some dirt on your face, you could be there, especially yeah. if you had some of those really good gaming chairs. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah. Lisa. We, we, we need to... Thank you, Lisa. That's next level stuff again. Great yeah. idea. Yeah. Great yeah. idea. I'm loving that one. <laughs> Strap in for the weekend <laughs> and then just... It. Thank you, WRC. Get the catheter get in. Get the beer, <laughs> yeah. beer fridge closer. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I can see you with one of those hats with a couple of beer cans on either side with the straws coming to your mouth, Lisa. Yeah, that's yeah. There were a few yeah. of those around in Evascular. Fantastic. You know, just to perhaps wrap it up from my side, it was a typically it was just a brilliant weekend. It is every it's a pilgrimage. You drive down that E63 from Yamsa to uh, to to Avascular and just love it. And we were we couldn't decide where to uh, to film the end of event review on Sunday night. We had some some great hospitality from the event sponsor Sector Automotive. So big thanks to them. We filmed there on Friday night. Uh, and then we filmed outside our own little house uh, near, uh, I can't remember where it was, Petit Avesi, Petit Avesi, uh, in on Saturday night in the absolutely freezing conditions. Um, and Hang on, Sunday, you're not allowed to moan nice. about the cold. No, 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 no. I, that was that was a full appreciation, Lise, okay. uh, sitting here baking today in uh, in Britain. Um, but then Sunday, we just, oh, what what do we do? Because it was quite an odd one. There was no, the cars didn't come back in, so they sort of, the, the service part wasn't its usual uh, hive of activity. 
Um, so we said, oh, well, why didn't we, you know, we could go down to her, drive down to Helsinki, down the E63, go to Yamsa towards Tampere and go that way. And then we'll stop off at that yellow house. And it's just a yellow house. It's just a yellow summer house yeah. <laughs> in the middle of Finland. But actually what it stands for in our world is everything that it, you know, everything that Rally Finland is yeah. about and the Thousand Lakes, we don't call it the Thousand Lakes enough. We should do. We I drove that stage without pace notes, David. There you it, go. George, you're a hero, <laughs> an absolute hero, genuinely, because, you know, you come through, going through the, the stage with the house on the left, you go through, what is it? It's a, it's a blind-ish right-hander. And I, was you gonna say, to... and I think we need to correct George. I think he means to say that he drove that stage at rally speed without yeah. nodes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that I, and, and yeah. that's it, George. You know, I don't know how you do it, and you are. Well, I'd 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 done I'd done the recce about. I must have been over that stage five or six times, but I'd, I'd been on my own because I, I wrote my own notes. So I, right. I, I I dictated my notes, and then and then I just went and learned the roads. Um, wow, as that, much as I could. So were you doing it in in the in the traditional way? So the yellow house was on your left. So you'd started from mm-hmm. Hamapoya Junction. Uh, we start. We did. We did it. We did it. In, we did bits of it in two directions, um, but the big stage, the big stage, I can't remember, David. It was the first time I was in Finland. I can't remember where the Yellow House was. Cause it, but it was a big stage. It was it was 30-odd kilometres. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. But they turned yeah. it, a few years ago, they turned it around. Um, it was the year that Chris Meek won, uh, and, and everybody was talking about coming the other way to the Yellow House because then it, it becomes more of a sort of drop-off jump um yeah and, and that following what would then be a left hander would be a little bit more complicated and and for me mm. it was almost sacrilege that they turned it around but ultimately it was just genius you know it is mm. an, an amazing piece of road and we can wax lyrical as we always do but if ever anybody gets the opportunity to go there to be there just go just go and drive it there are certain roads mm. called the Torini. these yeah, these are um, public roads. Yeah, you can go and drive the, them, guys. They are, you know, El Condor, yeah. those kind of places. They are. It's it's an honor and a privilege to drive down mm-hmm. those bits of road, and it was brilliant to just be there on. on I would s- recommend Sunday. driving them in winter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. because that then then you can actually have a little bit fun on it, um, and if you go off, there's no damage as a rule. Not <laughs> not completely, but you know. If you like do go off and there is damage, damage don't send us <laughs> yeah. the bill. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and go always go with two cars with a tow rope so that one guy can pull you out the snowbank. Hey, the snow is just a snowbank. It's only snow. It's soft. It's yeah. Great. But no, it's, it. so a big, a big kitos to Finland for once yeah. again. Yeah, thank it, you, Finland. Absolutely. Kai and you know, brilliant job from all of the organisers. Bizarre. I hadn't been there since 19 because uh, obviously we didn't have one in 20. I was away in 2021, and it was amazing to be back. It's it's a great place, and can't wait for next yeah. year. Well, I'll 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 do my wind up, David. So did, we'll finish up with WRC two very briefly from me. Yes, obviously uh, it was an incredible fight all the way through, um, uh, with the two main protagonists. Um, finally, Mister Sunanen uh, being excluded, having having won the rally, being excluded for having an, yeah. a non-conforming front bumper, and it wasn't even. Yeah. An original front bumper. It was a it was a copy front bumper. Yeah, these these light. these these kind of things. You know, it is heartbreaking. It's for everybody. Oh. We've seen it time but David, after time. David, it's it's not it's not heartbreaking. That's inevitable. I mean, it, what did somebody not understand there? It, it, ultimately, George, it is for 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 Temu, You know, what is the guy? Oh, for him, it's to, absolutely to heartbreaking. Kind of totally heartbreaking. It, but someone has deliberately made Ooh. a copy. 
a mulligated front it, bumper. Yeah, but that was the, that's how the, I read. That's how I no, read no, no, the report. No, no, absolutely. And but that was for t- it was for testing because we've already talked. Oh, and they left about, it on by mistake. We've already talked about the difficulties oh. of, of getting parts for the cars. Mm. You know, so they right. are they're they're doing all they can to get bits. You know, and it's not just Hyundai globally. Ah, okay, that makes it that makes it clearer. I didn't realize that they, that also the R five cars didn't have parts. No, well, I mean, it t- just go and try any. Go and try and buy a bit for your car right now, George. Everything oh, look, takes to, so much I'm buying, longer. I'm buying parts to, to 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 keep fire pumps and emergency generators going offshore, yeah. and it's the same for us. Same, yeah. same all around it's, the world. Yeah, it, it's the world right now. So, you know that kind of that's kind. Well, all is, is forgiven. All is forgiven. <laughs> and then a quick a quick word for Hayden Padden, who did who who again. Did Not exactly. just due to the lack of parts, probably due to the lack of finances, and he has to have his car going back to New Zealand this week. An incredible job from him. He mm. he he finished fourth uh, unofficially, third officially now, mm. which is a, a great result from him on the books. Uh, and and he obviously had to keep something in reserve, but I think that was an absolutely amazing performance uh, coming back. And we, you're you're a genius, George, because you know we we if only we had another hour to go because. I could sit and talk about Hayden Padden and John Kennard for another hour because what they did at the weekend, it, it's amazing. It's worthy of a podcast of its own, you know, to see it Hayden Padden is. driving the, yeah. the articulated lorry all the way from Austria into Finland. He, that, he now drives it all the way back and he sits there, strips the car down um, at Manfred Stoll's place. But all of this, doing every aspect of this himself and yeah. just to, to drive so well, yeah, and you know you can get yeah. a bunch of people who say, "Ah, oh, Hayden Padden, you know where was he?" Blah blah blah. Forget it. Padden came to Finland with one objective: to get yeah. some seat time, to bring himself back up yeah. to speed. He did. It wasn't about winning. And you know, a lesser no. driver would have looked at that event halfway through and thought, "Right, I'm I'm in well, the groove. Let, I'm going to push a bit harder." He yeah. didn't. He just let, he delivered. Yeah. True professional. Yeah, and let, and, let, yeah. and let's look at those people doing WRC two this year that were saying that everybody should go to the same place and this and that and the next thing. And we said this on the earlier podcast. Yeah, you know why weren't they in Finland? Where, where well, was Mikkelsen? Hayden chose the most difficult event to go and do. Yeah, all strength to the guy. Oh, absolutely. He, he understands it's all about speed. It, and he, he understands that he can't hide away from these people. You know, you can't. Yeah. And 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 I have to say one quick word for for John for John Kennard. He he. I was going to say he loaned me a bottle of wine. He didn't. He left me a <laughs> bottle of, of, of sparkling Sauvignon Blanc from his from his Vicarage Lane vineyard. John, it was absolutely fantastic. It's, loaned I, I, it. He can have the bottle back. How did that even creep out of your mouth? <laughs> it totally didn't. Just, no. just for reference, I'm desperately trying to get to New Zealand any way I possibly can. And if I get there, I shall be, uh, I shall be partaking in a couple of... Uh, Couple of bottles of John's finest, I'm sure. Yes, do it's they it's will. epic. It's I was going to start blethering on about Pinot Noir and, and, then, and blah blah blah, and, but no, it's all good. And why, good. why, oh, why is Hayden Padden not being given a World Rally car in New, New Zealand, Zealand Rally? It, that defies TikTok. belief. Now you know, you know, I've been that's I've been a whole very defensive on its own. Yeah, but I've been very defensive of the Hyundai team and you know all the difficulties they've been having. But that, this one. It's I'm critical. Why, it's an open why door. haven't it, you done that? An absolute open door. I, I, I yeah. couldn't agree more, George. I think we might have a silly season uh, conversation about who should be where and what should be when, but we are ticking out of time, chaps. Big time. Absolutely tucked. We've talked. Yeah, you've talked. Well done, George. Um, yes, expert you, analysis, George. which is just, it's fantastic for a rally like Finland that you do kind of, you can take a very simplistic view to it and having somebody yes. pointing out why that's not right 
is well, very I mean, helpful. I mean, as, as I've said, I'll make my view, and then David David's chipping in with with some other really relevant facts that I haven't oh, factored sure in, and, and that's that's what our podcast is all about: trying to figure things out. And our listeners are free to comment. And I'm sitting here. Where, being where, are, they going to, where are they going to find all that? Oh yes, dirtfish. Dirtfish.com. Follow the action on dirtfish.com. Send us your theories and queries via our that's socials. It. That's what Luke, the cool kid, would say. Cool yes. kid, Luke. Yeah. Twitter, Instagram, at Dirtfish Rally. That's the way. Don't forget, if you like the podcast, like and subscribe with your podcast provider. Sorry, did and you that, say yeah. if you like the podcast? That's pretty well, ridiculous. Yeah, Obviously. Well, because I'm saying if you don't, don't. Right. <laughs> Keep it. Wrap up. Thank you, folks. <laughs> bye bye. Thank you very much. Cheers, Thanks, boys. Thanks. Cheers. Bye bye.